Get your Tuesday daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys back for another day. Good show coming up. Uh, Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune joins me here in a little bit. Uh, we went pretty deep on Gopher basketball and just the state of that program and how just getting into the notion, we've talked about this again on the show before, but just getting into the notion of how are you supposed to improve yourself as a bad college basketball team these days with everything that is going on with name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. Like, what's what's the way out of the box? Because it feels like there's they are fewer and far farther between right now than they ever have been, and that is Ben Johnson's huge task right now, especially in the wake of losing five-star recruit Dennis Evans on Friday last week. Uh, Chip and I talked a little Wolves, too. We'll, like, we'll get to a little uh, <clears throat> NBA playoff stuff at the end, something that might actually work in the Wolves' favor, even if it's uh, not great news for the NBA. Uh, and a Twins thought at the end, too. First, though, what did I miss? I think we had two defining quotes, um, one from Bill Guerin, one from Timberwolves coach Chris Finch on Monday that, that caught my attention. Uh, the wild trade deadline in the NHL coming up in just a few days here. The wild you know, in an interesting spot, and so I want to start there. Um Trying to decide what to do exactly. Should they add to this roster? Should they subtract? Probably not subtracting at this point because they've gotten themselves back into pretty good playoff shape. But, you know, they're, they're kind of in that middle road where they, they've got some cap space to work with. And I like the way Sarah McClellan explained in her story. Basically, because cap space is prorated and the Wild is under the cap right now, They've got the equivalent of $11 million in salary cap space at the trade deadline um, with salaries being prorated like they are. So they, they've got the space you know, to add someone who might only have a couple million dollars left on their contract for the year, but that's a good player because you know that's probably an, a 7 or $8 million player at the start of the season. So they, they've got some room to add someone probably on a rental-type deal. But of course, you know, a re- even a rental is going to cost draft equity. Draft equity is what the Wild need going forward because those Parisi and Suter buyouts are going to are still hitting the, the the cap pretty hard over these next few seasons. So, what do you do if you're the Wild, a team that's been up and down this year, that's reestablished itself, like I said, is in in a firm, you know, a firm contender at least, right in that mix. Um, you know, could be as good as, you know, really having a legitimate shot to win the division, which gets you uh, some some playoff equity, which gets you some home ice in the playoffs, but also could could slip as far down as missing the playoffs entirely. It, that, it's that packed in the West. They are, you know, they they were looking a couple weeks ago like they were falling fast out of that race. And then all of a sudden they put together a pretty decent stretch with some good defense, some good goaltending, and now they're back in that mix. So they can go either way at any point. So what do you do if you're Bill Guerin um, at this point? And I think, you know, I think he's not even quite sure exactly what, uh, exactly what to, what to, what to make of this team. He said, if I don't do anything, I'm comfortable with that as well. This team has proven to have character. We've got good goaltending. We've got a good defensive core. We've gone through stretches up front where we've struggled to score goals, but I still think our ability to score is there. We don't give up much. We're pretty stingy. The group, the way it is, is fine with me too. You know, he'd also said, um, you know, coming out of the break, we weren't playing very well, but I give the coaches and team and coaches a lot of credit, kind of making adjustments and dialing back in and getting our game back where it needs to be. Now we find ourselves in a pretty good spot, and that's just in the thick of things. And so, you know, I, I get the sense that he's not in the mood to, you know, give up a lot. He, he said, we don't, we don't want to make the team worse 
in any way right now for the future. We just want to make sure that we're properly managing our assets. Depends on asking prices and costs and things like that, and we want to make the team better. So if I had to guess, I don't know if the Wild are going to end up doing anything here at, at the deadline, or if they do, it's going to be something pretty marginal, even with this cap space. And that's kind of disappointing because you want a team to kind of be you know, ideally, you want a team to be in buy mode, right? A team that's, you know, a top five team in the league, a team that's got the room, a team that's got the assets, a team that's got itself together to the point where they can make that trade if they feel like they can go for it or should go for it. Or conversely, you kind of want to have that clarity of a team that, hey, we need to hit a reboot here. Uh, we got a chance with, you know, one or two players here. If we deal them to get some pretty big assets, make ourselves better for two or three years from now. The Wild right now instead are kind of stuck in this middle zone where they've been for a lot of the last 10 or 15 years. And you've seen you've seen different general managers approach it differently. Chuck Fletcher made a lot of deadline deals, drafted away, or sent away a lot of assets, so I'm glad Bill Guerin's not doing that. And I appreciate the NHL's hard salary cap and how that makes these guys have to be pretty aware of where everything is, where all their assets are at all times. But it's just kind of disappointing to think about the Wild because I do think one more goal scorer while that might not give you a Stanley Cup champion, could be that push you need to maybe win a playoff series. And that has value in the evolution of things. Take some pressure off Kirill Kravisov. I think there's still value in a deal, even if it's not a Stanley Cup winning move. So I, I would like to see them maybe do more than they're inclined to do. But again, with the deadline coming up Friday, we will see what they are up to. Now, the Wolves already made their deadline move. That trade deadline passed a couple weeks ago. Traded D'Angelo Russell, got Mike Conley Jr. Sounds like they are still a work in progress, according to Chris Finch. Um, our Chris Hine is out on the West Coast right now. Wolves just lost to Golden State a couple nights ago. They play uh, the Clippers tonight, and they play the Lakers on Friday. More on the Lakers here in a little bit. Um, so Finch talking about this team and, and talking about how they're still trying to figure out who they are. Um, especially now that they've got Mike Conley Jr. He said, we're trying to, in the middle of an extremely tight race, trying to reinvent ourselves a little bit. So it's not easy, but I've been in enough places in my career that it takes some time. We've got to figure out how to close these games right now. That's the biggest thing. Either we can't get stops or can't score one night or another. It's different. Now, much of the story was built around how players and coaches are still trying to be positive, trying to keep the mood in a good spot. And, you know, Sometimes I kind of wish the Wolves wouldn't be so positive. I wish they would get a little bit angry, show a little bit more of that aggression, like some of the fans and some of us in the media have said. Like This is a very frustrating team to watch right now, and it's been that way for a lot of this season. This team has a lot of talent, has had a lot of depth, has had its share of injuries, has had its share of you know remaking, as Finch said, with, with the trade of D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley Jr., but there's too much talent on this team for them to constantly underperform against these bad teams and to not know how to close games at this point in time. So just a disappointing kind of sentiment, I think, coming out of this team right now. Even if they're trying to stay positive, it doesn't feel like there's any urgency. doesn't feel like there's any answers right now. And, you know, maybe some of that owes to what they did at the deadline, shaking things up in a way that maybe helps them down the road, didn't help them as much in the first, you know, few games since the trade. I don't know. I don't know where they're at right now, but it sounds like they're trying to stay positive. I want to see them play with a little bit more urgency and maybe not be so nice. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. 
And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Let's bring in Chips Goggins from the Star Tribune, sports columnist. Love having him on the show always. Chip, I got two things for you today. First, though, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mikey. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Settling into a more normal-ish week. Um, weather Monday was not great, but still, we'll take it uh, compared to uh, last week's chaos of, uh, <laughs> of snow and kids being home for distance learning and other other holidays and stuff like that we were commiserating before before things started mine are much younger than yours and that was a not there was no picnic last week but uh this week chip um two things i want to engage you on let's start with the gophers men's basketball team and just you know dennis evans we learned friday that dennis evans asking out of his um national letter of intent marcus fuller from our paper breaking that story and i had marcus on for a special you know special breaking news podcast friday but i you know you've been covering gopher sports to a degree for a long time you know as a beat writer for a while and certainly now as a columnist writing a lot about those programs over there and just the landscape we've talked about how the landscape has certainly changed with you know um, name image and likeness obviously and um, and with the transfer portal and this is a little different than that it's not the transfer portal because he never came here but Chip, how how I've engaged Roycey on this too, and I think I even asked Marcus about this. But like, how how is a program supposed to get out of a cycle of losing in in this era of basketball where there's so much player movement? Like, I don't I don't want to say this is bad because I think players should be able to go where they want to go. But this, what's the happy medium here, and how do you avoid having just a constant stream of Dennis Evanses in the future? Yeah, it's tough because. Um when you look at the Gophers, they have the double whammy going. They're a bad team and their NIL is not strong. No. And so, um, and your constant fear is even if you bring in a top notch recruiting class, realistically, how much, how many of those uh, players are going to stick with you for the full ride? Right. You know, they're not, uh, you're going to have, it's inevitable. There's going to be a player move. Now what you don't, want to happen is what Ben happened what happened to Ben Johnson his first year where you're having to get a whole new team. Like right. if you have 10 players leave, um that's not going to work. Now, no. a lot of that's the, the the transition in coaching staffs. I get it, but um you feel like you're constantly not only recruiting high school kids, recruiting the portal, but also recruiting the kids that are on your team to yeah. get them to buy into what you're doing so they right. can stay more than one and that's and that's going to be a problem that not just Minnesota, but um, you know a lot of teams face because it's become the fashionable thing to do. Uh, I would love to know the percentage of kids that are going to transfer at least once in their career. Yeah, I think that number is going to keep going up oh, and up sure. and up. So for sure, um, you know, for Ben to get out of this rut that they're in, he's going to have to be a lot more successful in terms of the caliber of player he's bringing in the transfer portal. Yes, particularly guards. He it has to be a mandate for this staff. You have to improve the guard play. I mean, it's just not anywhere close to being good enough for a Big Ten level. And if you're going down to a lower level, even mid-major, but if you're getting uh, players from William and Mary and these players, even if they're good players in those leagues, it's such a big jump to come up to the Big Ten and think that they're going to be able to handle it. So he's going to have to aim higher and hit higher. Um, and he's also going to have to, work really hard 
if you find some of these young players, you know, Payne, Ola Joseph, Carrington, mm-hmm. guys that you want to build around, you have to work really hard and probably get a little bit lucky to keep those guys in your program so they don't want to transfer out. Yeah, and that's just it. I mean, and you know, Dennis Evans specifically, I mean, I think it was a surprise to a certain degree that they were in on someone like that from California, no obvious ties here, and they obviously did a good job of initially recruiting him and selling him on what this program has to offer. But I think there was always a dose of skepticism of how long is Dennis Evans going to be here? Is, is this really for real? And obviously it, it, it turned out that he, you know, got, got a wandering eye very, very quickly. Um, you know, with someone like, with someone like Dennis Evans, how do you, how, what do you make of this situation just isolated and, and you know, how they weren't able to even get him here to even start his career? Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't know that he was going to be the program savior that he was being made out to be, but I, obviously he was a highly touted guy and it's bad yeah. optics when you start losing highly regarded, highly rated prospects. Um, I'm curious to see where he winds up because I, I don't know how much is NIL, how much is it the state of the program, how much is just the more he thought about it, it's like, yeah, this is going to be a bad fit, whether whatever the reason. Um, there's been rumors and reports that he's going to wind up at Louisville. If you look at Louisville's record, I don't think he can say he's going to – now they have the tradition, the Louisville, yes, you know, of course, yeah, the the name and tradition. But if you're they're looking at the snapshot, this they're, they're terrible, terrible right this year. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they have a pretty good, robust nil uh, structure. One there. would think so, yeah. Um, and so when you look at the naming rights <laughs> of, uh, you know, their, their arena, and I'm I'm just guessing it's a lot stronger than what it is at Minnesota. Does that? How much of a factor is that in this? Uh, you know, we don't know for sure. They're not going to come out and say. Next person says, "Yeah, I'm taking the highest." You know, the next recruit that says, "I'm going all for NIL money," will be the first. Um, so we don't know how much of it is that, and how much of it him just saying, "I don't know that I'm going to develop in this yeah. program. I don't know where it's going." My hunch is it's probably a combination of, of a lot of factors. Yeah, not not just one thing. Um, but it, it's it's you know considering how tough this year has been for the team to lose a guy that a lot of people were counting on. And they were, I'm sure the coaching staff was counting on to, to, you know, come in and cause they need talent. I mean, it's not any great mystery why this team is not winning. No, they need talented players in here, yeah. more talented players. And so when there's someone you're counting on to, you know, to be in that, in that mix uh, and there's been so much buzz and hype about him. And I think a lot of fans probably were anticipating and looking forward to seeing him play next year as I tweeted, it's like, if you thought it couldn't get worse on the court, seriously, this, this, uh, and, and it goes to the people that are not happy with Ben Johnson. This just adds more gasoline to that fire. Yeah. I mean, this is just his second year, but things, you know, this, this could be a shorter tenure than, than most if, if things don't get better, but how do you, I mean, what's gotta be going through his head right now? Because I mean, does he, does he have to, you know, does he have to look at him, look at what he's doing right now and reevaluate and say, I got to change my philosophy. Like we, we got to hit the portal harder. We, this is, this is just, I know that I made my kind of reputation on kind of more grassroots ground level high school yeah. recruiting, but has the game evolved so much that I've got to do something differently now? Does he just say, ah, this is a setback. We can still be okay. Like what, what do you think's going through his head right now? Well, I think it's um, again, I don't think it's just one thing. Obviously they got, Tough injury news right off the bat. Yeah, uh, with losing a couple guys and that and that hurts. So now you're playing this freshman that they like, but you're playing him more than than you you would want to do at this point. It might turn out to be a blessing in disguise. Not yeah. guys getting hurt, but they're going to develop faster. 
Um, but I think if, if he's looking at it, and I know he probably doesn't want to have to do what he did his first year every year where you're going out and really getting a large number of transfer portal players in here. Um, but he has to do a better job in terms of the players that he's attracted in here. Guard play. Yeah. It just, it just hasn't been sufficient. It hasn't been good enough. Now the comeback is what, well, how are you going to upgrade when you win one big Ten right. game? And yeah. And I understand it. it's, it's going to be a hard sell the sell and, and you don't have a robust NIL program that's no. going to help, you know, uh, sweeten the pot, so to speak. Um, but I think your sales pitch is, Hey, big tens one, you know, this year, probably the second best basketball conference historically. It's really tough. It was very visible. You're on every game on TV. Uh, and let's be honest, you can come in here and play and score. There's a lot. Playing you can, time. There's you can playing average 35 available. minutes a game. You can score a lot. You can assist a lot. You can read whatever it is your role is. Um, but if it's guards, you're going to step in here and be the focal point of this team. I mean, you just are. I mean, they they need to have somebody that comes in and, and fills that role where a, a, a true point guard that is Big Ten caliber. Um, and so that's going to be your sell point. There's always going to be competition, but uh, that has to be, you know, I don't, he's not in danger this year, right? I mean, no. you're, you're not yeah. going to fire a coach after two years and he's going to get a third year. Um, but he doesn't have a lot, as this year has been so poor. Yes. Uh, Patience is not unlimited. No. And so there's going to be an urgency for him to, in his program, to show signs of where this thing is going next year, to, you know, be more competitive, uh, have more depth, have better talent. And so it's not like you can wait on somebody that's coming two years from now or a year no. from now. You need to find it immediate. And that's, you know, the easiest way to do that is the portal. Some way, you know, it's challenging, but, um, but that's how you can improve your your team. So I do. The thing is, Mike, I do like these freshman posts. I mean, I like Ola, yeah. Ola Joseph. Yeah. I like Payne. I want to see what Carrington does when you know, with a year under his belt, he gets stronger and has more playing time. Um, you hope that they stay for the program's sake, right? And I, you know, so it's funny you have to. That's the caveat now in twenty twenty three with yeah. every in college sports. Like if if you see someone's having a good year, well, I hope they stay and develop. Right. It's like this is happening so. Uh, with such frequency that that players leave in the player movement. Um, but this is his uh, last week when that news came from Evans felt like rock uh, uh, rock bottom to me. It did. And, you know, and a final thought just on college sports in general right now as they stand. I mean, I, you know, forever there was the argument, hey, coaches can coaches take better jobs all the time. They They up and leave a program for a better job. You know, unless you're at the very top of a program, if you're at a mid-major, you're looking to get high to a, to a higher level. You're looking to get, you know, your your next job up. You're looking to kind of cash in with more money, more prestige, things like that. The athletes for a long time didn't have that same level of mobility. They had to sit out a year if they wanted to transfer. And now things have completely changed with the portal. And now, yes, they're getting paid some through NIL, things like that. And I don't think a lot of us would argue. I certainly wouldn't argue that the players don't deserve that mobility. And I think they should be getting this NIL money. I think that's great for them. I think they should take all the opportunities they can get. I do wonder, do you think there's, there needs to be a correction to this point, or is this just how college sports now operate? And that's the way it's fair for athletes right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I've long been a supporter of NIL, uh, the Olympic model, you know, um, I, I, I agree with player movement. Um, 
it, it used to drive me crazy when you know coaches would be able to restrict right. where a, a player went. We're not going to release your scholarship to only these three schools. That, that never made sense to me. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, if there ever is a come a time where there's legislation like okay, if you transfer a second time or a third, you know, is there some kind of uh, penalty there or how they kind of, but I, I, I'm all for this, but I say that understanding that I think it's going to turn some people off yeah, to college sports. Sure. I, I really do. Um, and I hear it anecdotally. It drives them crazy when, you know, they get attached to a player or a player has, you know, start to their good career and they didn't want to go elsewhere. And I can see why they're like, this is not pro sports. This is not free agency in what a lot of people think this has become. So I understand that, um, you know, we always think about the ones that leave. You never really, when when you yeah when your when your school gets a player and he turns out to be a really good player, doesn't sting as much then, right? Right. Um, so, but I, I think this is the way of the world now. I don't see it really changing because it's hard to pull back on this once you've already allowed athletes to do it. But I also stand also understand that um, I think it's going to make fans a little more jaded and. Um, make them, you know, uh, irritated with how this new world order works in college sports. Yeah. Well, enough about that bad basketball situation. Let's talk about the Timberwolves, Chip. A completely different bad basketball situation. Yeah, Um, I know. Lost their third in a row, and all three have been ugly to a certain degree. Had the 20-point blown lead going into the break against Washington. Not a terrible team, but a team you need to beat at home, especially when you're up by 20. You have the loss coming out of the break to Charlotte at home, which, you know, if you're serious at all about the second half or the second, you know, second three, you know, one-fourth of the season as it, as it amounts to, if you're coming out of the break, you kind of got to have that one because you're staring at all these games on the road after that. Then you drop the one in Golden State, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, no Andrew Wiggins, but they still lose that game. Still no cat for the Wolves. Um, yeah. we, keep, we keep hearing he... He's getting close, but man, it's getting late too. Like what? I I don't think this team is even going to make the play in at this point, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah, this is, uh, I think and it, you know, this is a recency bias, but, uh, might be the most frustrating Wolves team that I can remember. Um, they're just, a tough watch, a tough watch, just the, their, uh, up and down nature, the way they, lose games that they should win, inferior opponents, they don't take them serious, they play flat, then they'll come out and play great for a couple games. You're like, okay, maybe they're, right. uh, you know, I have no idea what's going on with camp. I was there when they came back from All-Star break. I asked Chris Finch, I said, is there any update here? He's like, nope, nope. And uh, you got to ask another question. like, where is this? Like, what stage? And he said, the final stage or the last stage or whatever. I don't know if they understand like the skepticism that this is creating within the no, fan base. I don't like, know they what do. in the what in the heck is going on here? Right. You know, I it's understand been thir- it's been thirteen it's been over thirteen weeks since he got hurt. Yes, and I understand calf strains are, are, are a serious yes, injury. Of course. But was you know, uh was there more to that? Has there been, you know, delay in his recovery? Like what is going on here? Um and is he I don't think we can just say when he's coming back at this point. No. I think it's an if. I think it you is. Know? I think it always has been. Once, once we get past a certain point, and you're like, oh, what? Like, what's going on here? Well, and and I, you know, I think both you and I were on board with trading D'Lo. Yes, but that's I think created more added weight on Ant's shoulders to try For to sure. score. For sure. Um, 
And I think he's feeling that now. Uh, I wrote for Sunday that I appreciated his uh, thoughts and comments at the all-star game about, oh, yeah. about load management. Yeah. Um, but he looked out of sorts last night he did. against Golden State. And I don't know if it's just they're putting so much on him now and, and Gobert, you know, he's, you know. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's and- been in and out a lot. And um, it is just a dysfunctional Dysfunction season, I think, and it's it's uh, they're a frustrating team. And if this if they don't uh, make the play in, I mean, what a gigantic failure! Oh yeah, for Tim Cott for Tim Conley and, well, and the ownership. Yeah, yeah I mean, because the pick next year is unprotected, so uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> if you wind up in the lottery, people are going to be sweating. Even if it's just a one or two or three percent chance that you move up, people are going to be like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Second of all, like. I don't think Finch has done a very good job coaching this year. I don't think he's been done many favors by the injuries and the players he's been handed. I just, I think he's a, I think he'd be a much better coach of a different type of team. And I don't feel like this roster plays with the type of precision that he can, that he can deliver. I don't think his substitutions have been great. I don't think his in-game adjustments and even just like, you know, some of, some of coaching is preparedness and sometimes you just don't look entirely prepared. Yeah. And, and, Ultimately, he's the coach, and they've had so many of these flat performances yes. against teams, quote unquote, you know, uh, bad teams. Um, and he just afterwards, he's like, "Well, it's just kind of how we do sometimes." It's almost like he's resigned yeah. to the fact. It's like, right. "Well, Chris, this is your team. Yeah, like, this is your responsibility to make sure your team isn't like this." And it's happened so repetitively. That's a that's a mark on coaching, and it's yeah. it's whether it's just a lack of accountability, a lack of adjustments or a lack of whatever, um, the way this team plays and just kind of the, uh, I think you said the right word, seriousness, the lack of seriousness about what yeah. you're trying to improve here and trying to get accomplished. Um, that's when you're, when your team is plays like this and has these, that reflects your coaching. It yeah. does. It reflects your, your players, your leaders, but also your coaching. And so um, I agree. I, I you know, I don't know if he's in, in kind of hot seat with 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 uh, the ownership. I think he's well regarded in the yeah. in the. Uh, but and when you look at their schedule down the stretch, this thing is really really difficult. And so they've made this bed by the yes. way they performed up this. So they can't come back and say, "Wow, we had a tough schedule." Well, you didn't no. all year. No, you didn't all you, year. No, you didn't. At the beginning of the year, in fact, you had a pretty easy schedule and did not take advantage of it. You've lost to five. You've lost five or six games to the worst teams in the league. Um, I think you're right. I think Tim Connolly, even though he did not handpick Chris Finch, I think he's a Tim, I think he's a Chris Finch fan, and it's I think yeah. you know any kind of discussion of that might be down the road in terms of job status, job security. Um, Mike Conley does not look himself all the time. He looks like he's like what Mike, did I? He's walk 35. In? Well, he's like well, he also looks like he's like what did I walk into? This is not a. This is, I think maybe he senses the. I think he maybe is frustrated already if you just look at his body language with some of the the unseriousness that we see, just the lack of kind of just buckling down in those in those key nope. moments of the game and and making the right play. And that's kind of what he does and brings at this point of his career. He's not that kind of creator and scorer anymore, which is problematic at the end yeah. of games too, because it's kind of like the Ricky Rubio problem we suffered through so many years. It's like he's great for 42 minutes, but you get into crunch time and you got a point guard who can't necessarily initiate his own offense. That is now a problem. You got that again with Conley and D'Lo for all of his faults could at least make a shot at the end of the game. So 
I don't know. I th- it seems like there's fewer and fewer ways out of this box as time goes on. Well, and it's weird, yeah. With Conley, I mean, he's 35, and you're stepping in, asking a point guard to step in and run a team that's dysfunctional. Yes. <laughs> How do you? But this team is so weird. Like, let's say Cat comes back. Yeah. What the heck? What is that going to look like? Like in terms of re, where does he fit? Fitting yeah. in, fitness in, and how they, you know, established a, a certain way to play. But they need help. They need his production. And you know, again, what is going on? Like, what is going on here? He's certainly not. I mean, if he's if he's not back yet, and they, you know, Austin Rivers said on his podcast the other day it was going to be a couple of weeks, and then he'll be back. And they've there was the report right before the break that the Wolves were hoping he can play. They're coping or confident he played 10 or 15 games at the end of the year. So, you know, we're still not into that window yeah. yet. But like the longer they push things out, like then it's just like, well, how much how much time is left? It doesn't even matter. Like if they, you know, if they lose another three or four in a row, like they're going to be pretty much on the fringe of the play in before we're even talking about the possibility of Cat coming back. And then well, at and that I, point, what does it matter? And he's missed so much time. I do wonder, like, what kind of impact? I mean, I assume there's going to be a minutes restriction. Yeah, what kind of shape he comes back, in? It's not going to come back like right away. Yeah, yeah. What's and how's the offense going to flow and and all that? I mean, there's going to with any player, there's you know, there's going to take time to get readjusted right. and reacclimation that has the you know uh, the role that he has. I mean, it's really going to take um, a while. So I, the longer this goes, that that's why I think it's more if at this point than when. Um, but they, but they. You know, I just feel like I wonder if Ant's going to wear down if he's going to have to keep carrying that kind of scoring load without D'Lo there or without someone, you know, uh, help pick up the slack. And you were seeing his turnovers go up a lot. And that's more, yeah. he's, you know, he's initiating the offense and doing right. more. So that, I guess that's, some of that's a little natural. But, um, yeah, this is uh, – it is it is a mess right now. I mean, yeah. it's just a mess. And it's it's hard to watch. They're not fun to watch. Um, and I don't know that they're going to be able to pull themselves together in time to, to get this thing squared away going into the, you know, this last what, 20 games. Yeah. And I mean, you know, at various points, they've kind of like, it seemed like it was slipping away. Then they'll win three or four in a row. And you're like, yeah, you know, maybe, and then, you know, even like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, ah, are they starting to figure some things out? It looked like they were yeah, playing yeah. better and they're definitely better when go bears healthy. He was out with an illness the other night. So maybe when he comes back, and you've got he and Conley working together in a certain way. But yeah, just big picture. The, the cat mystery is the one that's hanging over him because if he doesn't come back and then like you start wondering about his long-term future and is he going to be here and does he fit? Like it's just, you know, things that you used to take for granted are a lot of them are up in the air right now. Well, and um, I think it's because there was, you know, on the front end and whether it's an erroneous report or something, it came from somebody. Yeah, it was going to be what four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, which would have been like a grade two calf strain, like serious, but not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think uh, I forgot who report might have been Woj. I think it was Woj. Yeah, he didn't just make that up. That no, came from that somebody. came from somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it didn't just grab that out of thin air. So it came from somebody. My guess is, you know, somebody with the team. Um, but the team is, you know, publicly has said no timeline. And I, I understand, you know, with this injury, maybe you don't want to put a definite timeline because it's, you know, it was more serious than what probably a lot of people thought. But still, he's been out, what, since November? the November 28th, 20, I think. 28th, I think, yeah, is when he so got hurt. Through, so now, like three months, exactly, three months. Yeah, and so that's, uh, and, and there's never, you know, there just hasn't been a whole lot of answers to, no. like, 
like the severity of it or no, what, what, you know, so just how quiet it's been. I think that's why people are like, what, you know, like me, it's like, what is going on here? Like, is he coming back or is he not? And um, so I think that hanging over. And then if he doesn't, you know, I mean, uh, you do start wondering, are they still wanting to build around him? Right. Or is this, or is this become Anthony Edwards team and you're going to look to, you know, maybe move cat. I don't, I mean, this is what, when he's been absent and all this has gone on, this is what it leads to these, you know, these speculation and these, you know, assumptions that we're left to deal with. Cause you just don't know. There's been lack of clarity on, on his situation. Yeah. And then he wasn't even at a few of those games at target centers, like a few weeks ago. Um, he's been, I, he's, I saw him on the road trip. I, uh, he's, he's at the, he was at the golden state game last night. He looks like he's been practicing to a certain degree. Yeah. Like he was in the, like, I don't know if he was over there when you were over there, but the video, when they when they released the video of Ant becoming an all-star, like Cat was the first one to hug him and he was in a jersey. Like, what? Like, I just don't even get that. Like, what? what's he, like, what's his level? Is he just shooting around at this point or where's he at with well, that? Chris said he, Chris French said he's chomping at the get, bit to get back yeah. and he just, he said they're waiting for that last hurdle. I don't know what that is, but is yeah, that? it sounds yeah. like, what he, is yeah, that? he is, yeah. he is, uh, I think he's doing some work. I don't know if he's doing the full, you know, a full team practice with him. They probably don't, this time of year, they're probably not practicing yeah, a lot anyways, true. but, um, but again, it's, it's just sort of this mystery. That's just kind of, like you said, hanging over this team to know, because if he does come back, you know, that changes everything about the way this team runs an offense, I would think. Yeah. Um, and rotations and, you know, roles. So I'm just, I'm, you want to have as much time to be able to figure that out. If you are going to be in a play in game, um, yeah, you want to have as much time as you can to to kind of iron out those 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 uh, wrinkles. Well, we're not going to solve any of this right now, but it is a, it is a big mystery, and I don't you know we're not going to get much clarity on it anytime really soon. I think like even the even the vague timetables that are out there are you know at least more than a week away. And again, they got the rest of this West Coast trip. They got you know they got some tough home games in there. Like their next six or seven games are pretty hard. Like none of them is like. You know, I don't think they're playing like a lot of the best of the best of the best of the NBA right now, but they're playing a lot of teams that are right there or slightly above them. And if they're not playing well right now, they're not going to win those games. If they don't win those games, they're going to fall out of this race. Well, that was the thing. Like you looked at Golden State with everybody that they had missing yes. too, and and you you build a lead, and then the way you just fall apart in the fourth quarter, it's like it's hard to feel confident in this team doing anything. At this Correct. Point. Now they'll we've seen them swing it back the other way and play really and ant go crazy, and, and I think that's still possible, and we're still going to see some of those games, but. This is the time when you start to see some consistency and say, this is what this team is. I don't think we can make that declaration to answer no. that question right now at all. No. And three of the last 19 are against the Lakers, and those will be especially juicy games <laughs> with uh, D'Lo and half of, half of last year's Timberwolves on that team with D'Lo, Beasley, yep. and Vanderbilt over there. So that'll be fun. Um, Chip will be there to write about it. We'll be here to talk about it. As always, Chip, appreciate your time. We'll see you soon. All right, Mikey. Thank you, man. Good stuff from Chip, as always. Um, one postscript as we talk about the Wolves and the playoff prospects. LeBron James with the Lakers, of course. Sounds like he's going to miss multiple weeks with a foot injury, and that could impact the NBA Western Conference playoff race. I was counting on the Lakers to make a pretty big push here down the stretch, but if they're not going to have LeBron for a significant amount of time, and perhaps if it's bad enough, um, you know, the vast majority of the rest of the regular season, that will be a big deal. I mean, not like the Wolves can't lose to uh, to anybody and anybody bad, but they do play the Lakers three more times in the last 19 games of the season, including, I believe, on Friday. 
if uh, if there's no LeBron for all of those games, that gives the Wolves a significant edge in trying to finish ahead of the Lakers and, and you know and bank some of those wins that might have been tougher to come by. And that could be the difference between play-in, playoffs, nothing at all. We'll see how much that plays into it. Let's finish with the cooler. Good uh, good news for the for the Twins from spring training. Pablo Lopez, the starting pitcher acquired in the Luis Arise trade in the offseason, two shutout innings in his spring debut on Monday. Looked to be in midseason form, 95 miles an hour with the fastball. Now, he is a World Baseball Classic participant. A lot of those guys have gotten, maybe gotten into game shape a little faster than some of the others who are rounding into shape this spring, but good. it's a good good first look for, for Pablo Lopez. A lot riding on what he's able to do this year. Stay healthy. Can he be a you know top end of the rotation performer? Twins have a lot of candidates to be near the top of that rotation, but they don't have, again, that bona fide ace. But Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, if he can return to form, gives them that option. Tyler Malley even has the stuff to do it. We'll see how healthy and how effective they are, but Pablo Lopez throwing two shutout innings in his debut, striking out three, is at least a good first sign for this pitching staff this season. That will do it for today. Great show coming up tomorrow. Lou Nanny, who is one of the 10 inductees into the Minnesota Sports Hall of Fame, will join me on tomorrow's show. Just a great time to reflect on his life, his career in hockey, and everything the game has meant to, meant to him. So please, I hope you enjoy that on Wednesday's show. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.